listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn to uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. If you do not have your Bibles, as always, it's printed in our order of worship. Over the last few weeks uh, here at Chelsea Press, we've been talking about uh, the idea of the habits of grace. Uh, and what we mean by that is you, you may have encountered uh, these things that we're talking about by way of a church calling them uh, devotions or spiritual disciplines or uh, some sort of devotional practices. We call them habits of grace because we think these are the, first of all, that God has given them freely to us not to coerce you, not something you do to earn God's favor or his love, but the habits of grace are the things that God gives us that are graciously help point us to our ultimate love, and that's Jesus. See, these habits help you become a better disciple of Jesus, and it's a long road. Right? We spend our life, it's a, it's a journey. It's never, um, and anything in life we know that when you're trying to make transitions, changes, uh, or things that affect you in a radical way, uh, by way of your, something changing you and deepening who you are, uh, it's not a doorway that you walk through one day and you become the super Christian, uh, or, or that you fall in love with God. Uh, it's, a, it's a journey, it's a path. And our goal through this series is that you would find more delight in Jesus and that you would start to set aside more time to get to know Jesus in a relational way. So today we're starting with the first specific habit. What we've done so far is just introduce the habits of grace. Now, today we're going to start the first specific habit that we would say is imperative for you really to build a relationship with Jesus in the way that God intended you and to flourish as a human being, and that is reading your Bible. So let's look at our passage for today, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, help us today to see your word is not something that's just a bunch of words on the page that sometimes we don't understand, hard to read, hard to comprehend. Just make, you know, that just seem like a bunch of stories that don't relate to us or even a bunch of do's and don'ts that we really don't care about. Lord, help us to see through all of those things and say, what is it that you're really trying to communicate through the Bible? What, what do people see that really move from just thinking that the Bible is just a burden to read but actually start to fall in love with something deeper? Show us that today uh, through the, your word, and through what's discussed here today. And in Jesus' name, amen. Now here's the thing. We talk about the importance of reading your Bible. Most people fall in two categories. First of all, they see, uh, uh, in regard to not seeing the importance of it. Some would say it's too hard to read and it's boring. Uh, others would say, listen, I understand it's something I should do, but I really don't think it's that big of a deal in my life. I mean, I go to church, I try to be a good Christian, I listen to the sermon. I think that's enough. So let me say a few things here as your pastor uh, or as someone here today that's just preaching uh, concerning my goal for why we would teach the habits of grace like reading your Bible at our church. 
Um, because y'all know this, we're not a legalistic church. We're not a church that makes you feel guilty and tries to shame you into doing anything. Those tactics just don't work. We're not, we're not moved by guilt and shame. We're moved by our loves. Uh, and so this is what you need to understand from me of why I would even talk about a discipline in the first place like your Bible. Uh, and here's my desire. My hope is that we create a place where the Bible is revered, where we have high esteem for the Bible. We think it's very important, but the culture's not legalistic. That, it, that we don't just feel like it's something we ought to do. And here's why I say that. So often uh, in places like the church where, where people say we honor the Bible and, and the Bible's a big deal in our church, the culture many times, and you maybe have noticed this somewhere in some places, the culture can be hard, it can be rigid, it can be unforgiving, and, and even me. I can't tell you how many people as a, as a pastor I know and I talk to that were wounded from places like the church where the Bible was taken seriously, but they felt like they had been beaten over the head with it, made feel guilty about things, and, and guilty for not reading it. That's the opposite of what we're talking about here at Chelsea Press. And if you ever feel like we're doing that here, you need to come talk to me. In a community like ours, as we said before, the Bible is revered. Make no mistake, we don't back down from this. We believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Uh, we, we believe it's one of the of, of utmost importance. We believe that it's 100% true, and it's the sole source of ultimate wisdom and truth, and really tells us the design and what human thriving should look like. We, we believe that in the church, but we don't want to create a culture that's rigid and, and, and mean, and we begin to use that to divide each other to, to, and use it as a weapon on other uh, each other. So, we're gonna, there's there's three points today in our bulletin. Uh, and as I was doing, as I was working through this, I realized I can only get through one point. So we're gonna really look at one point today, uh, and then we'll do the other two points next week. So let's look at our first point here uh, in the order of worship: the breath of God, the breath of God. Uh, it says in the first part of this passage that we read, verse that we read today, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Some other places said all scripture uh, uh, of scripture is uh, uh, breathed out by God, inspired by like the wind coming forth. But here's, here's the thing. Uh, when I think about the Bible, if you're like me and you're wanting to grow in a sustainable way, but you want to you want to do it in a way that's not always feeling like a burden, that doesn't feel like some standard that you cannot maintain long term. I'm on a diet right now. Uh, I know y'all can't believe that, as skinny as I am, that I'm on a diet right now. Uh, but, but one of the things my wife talks about all the time, because she's been uh, in health and fitness and stuff like this, is you've got to find something sustainable. If you don't, you're never going to last. It's never going to happen. And this is the same thing. And over the years, when people are talking to me about the Bible and reading the Bible, we usually end up talking about the fact that the Bible eventually becomes, or, or even from the beginning, feels like duty or feels like drudgery, or some kind of ritual that, that, that they feel like they have to do. And I, and I have a confession with this. There's been many years of my life that I resisted what I'm about to talk about this morning because all I heard in my life was, if you want to grow in your life, you're going to have to read your Bible and you have to pray. Almost like you got to grind it out. Or I heard this, if God, you want God to bless you, uh, you got to read your Bible. 
if if you don't have your quiet time, God's gonna. It was almost like if you don't have your quiet time, read the Bible. God loves you just a little less, or you're just a little less of a Christian today. And so I heard stuff like that, which is just bad teaching. Uh, and if the goal was not Jesus, the goal was just the duty of the quiet time. So over time I got irritated. I rebelled against it because I would try to read my Bible and pray. And I never did it consistently. I never did it habitually. And I was reacting mainly to bad teaching on it, saying, listen, uh, I, was gonna prove, I was really going to prove to myself that I could develop a deep relationship with God without having a daily devotion with God or spending time in the Bible in a daily way. Because for me, I'm a very aesthetic person. What I mean by that is, I see God in everything. I see Jesus in my wife, my daughter, my friends. I see Jesus in nature, in hunting, in fishing, in movies, uh, in music, food, all the good things that God gave me. And, and that's a good thing. That's what God wants us to see. So I would often think, I see God in all those things. Why do I have to read the Bible? But now I have a different perspective. And here's some things that, that thoughts that, that I encountered in my life that changed my mind personally about this, and I just want to give them to you for you to think about for a few minutes today. Think about this. Before uh, printing this Bible and binding it and covering it in leather, uh, what, how did it arrive today? The way it arrives today, uh, consider what the Bible is in the, in the raw form. It's God's Word. God speaks. It's God revealing Himself like someone would in a letter to someone that they really care for. He, he communicates with us. Just as the words of a friend or a spouse or a family member are important for us to listen to in order to know more about them, God's words are central to really understand and revealing the person and his true love to us. The one that created us, the one that sustains us moment to moment, has expressed himself in human words and it's vital that we listen Look at the first part of that today. All scripture is breathed out by God. One of the families in our church, the Robins, uh, they named their youngest daughter Ruah. And I've got to admit, when I first heard it, I thought, that's very unique. Uh, and as a pastor with seminary training, I still had to wait for a moment to, for them to, to, to help remember and remind me uh, what that name meant. See, it's from the Hebrew where the first half of the Bible is written in Hebrew. Uh, and um, the name means breath of God, or simply life force, breath in that way. It's the life force that God spoke everything into existence, and the breath that creates and sustains our life even today. This is what that, the, the breath of God that we're talking about that, the Ruah, this is the, the, the Greek equivalent of that. God breathed life. And those life became words, and that's what we have in the Bible. See, it's, not only that, but it's the essence of the old Frankenstein movies. Uh, when Dr. Frankenstein, by the way, the monster's not named Frankenstein. Y'all know that right. Dr. Frankenstein is his monster. So don't, don't confuse the two. Sorry, that's pet peeve of mine. Uh, but in the Dr. Dr. Frankenstein movie, when he creates life out of what had no life, and then he proclaims in the old movie what? It's alive, alive. Y'all seen that before? Y'all looking at me like, yeah, I know you have. Uh, this is exactly what we're talking about here. When it, when it, at that moment when it becomes alive. And this is why the Bible talks about that it's not just a bunch of words, but it's living words that jump from the page when we really get it. Words that enter our hearts. 
Words that when you read them very carefully express the very heart and the mind and the love of God himself. Why? Because he breathed them and he spoke them in ways that only God can. And because of that, it represents ultimate authority. You must know, I take this very seriously as your pastor. Every week, I stand before you. And by standing before you, it's implied that I'm saying I'm a messenger of God to you. Uh, not that I have some uh, prophecy, but uh, I don't have you the right to just tell you my opinion on the matters. If I really say that I'm preaching the Bible, the Word of God, I better spend time in the Bible and understand what it says. It also means that if you have a different opinion or belief about what I say and it's actually grounded in what God says instead of what I say, you have the obligation to call me aside and correct me. And I expect you to do that because we're all fallible and we make mistakes. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But here's the main point today. God Almighty, by His grace and His Spirit, does not leave us by ourselves when it comes to enjoying Jesus and getting to know Him. He helps us. He gives us words to live by. He doesn't say, delight in me, and then just sit back and wait for you to figure it out. He's given you guidance, instructions, because He's shared His love. He has a, He's made a covenant that He's going to help us. He's built a relationship with us. He says, I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He says that in Ezekiel. He's given us His words to live by. And much more than that. Again, we're going to talk more about that this week. But before I say any more about God's word, before we move to the sermon that we're going to talk about next week, uh, we need to make clear what the greatest grace among all these habits of grace that we're going to be talking about praying solitude all of these things here's the greatest grace and you've got to realize that that god has given us and this ties into what we just talked about jesus himself the great end here's the purpose here's the reason why i would ever dare to ask you to read the bible on a daily basis is because it's all about knowing jesus and enjoying him and you need that desperately in your life. It's a relationship you can't get anywhere else. It's a satisfaction you can't get anywhere else. You will never get, you will never understand. You're never gonna delight in reading the Bible unless you understand your need and desire for Jesus first. The final joy of the Christian life, the Christian discipline, anything we do has to point to God. If not, it just becomes legalism. It just becomes another something to do. If you're not looking at the Bible and looking through the words and seeing something about who God is, then you're not really getting the point of Scripture here. This is why the Bible, the Word of God, is important. You've got to remember this. You're not memorizing. You're not building a relationship with the Bible. That's not what God is calling you to do. You're building a relationship and a friendship with Jesus. See, the way that Jesus reveals himself more than anything else there's some, something that no other, no, no Bible verses can contain was when Jesus came as the God-man. The Bible says he was the Word, and John 1 said the Word became flesh. He is the, he is the one who most fully and finally reveals God in, in a way that the Bible never can and never will. And that's why the Bible points to him, not the other way around. See, Jesus is the Word of God embodied he is the grace of God in the flesh. 
And so full and complete, instead of revealing that, this is not a word thing that we're talking about with the Bible. It's a word person that we're talking about in the Bible. See, Jesus fulfilled the destiny of humanity in his perfect life. He sacrificial death. He rose again, triumphed over sin and death. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. He got all things that are subject underneath him. He is the divine human word that our souls need to survive uh, for strength, for growth, to flourish. And without him, without his word, without the word of the flesh, we will never do that. Because it's not ultimately about the Bible. It's not the Bible what we need. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for today. Uh, help us to remember, uh, if we don't remember anything else today, that you are sharing your love for us. And the only way that we can build a deep relationship with you is through the words of, uh, that you have breathed out that point us to the word made flesh. And there we're going to find satisfaction. We're going to find what our souls long for, the things that we thirst for. We're going to find the relationship that, that, that we need where all the other relationships just fail us. And they have failed us. And we're all going to disappoint one another, but you don't disappoint. Help us to know you deeply. Help us to um, give us a longing uh, through your Holy Spirit to, to read your word. Not to just read the word, uh, but to build a relationship and a friendship with you. And it's in Jesus' name and all that's possible that we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.